What is happening in Ukraine clearly shows that Ukrainians' resilience is based on their patriotism, love for their nation, family, history, culture, and tradition. These unique values make nations more stable and their citizens more accountable and more responsible. If we ignore such values of love for our nation identity, our core family values, faith and trust in God-given rights, then we will become just a crowd controlled by others, fueled by empty promises, and our destiny as nations and people will be nothing more than failure. For 30 years, we have been living with a conviction of dialogue, but now is certain with no doubts we are living in time of deterrence. It happens I was there as defense minister in 2007 when Putin addressed the Munich Security Conference. He declared that Russia is back. The world is no longer unipolar. He continues saying that NATO was a threat to Russia and they will never allow NATO enlargement in their neighboring countries, especially in Georgia and Ukraine. And he continued declaring that the Balkans are the backyard of Russia and no NATO perspective for the Balkan countries. Yet, even after such assertion, and up to a month ago, many leaders treated him charitably while he continued doing what he does at best, military aggression and threats. In the few weeks since Russia invaded Ukraine, in violation of all international laws, things have changed drastically. This war should stop. Ukraine is the target, but Putin's goal is Europe. Let me call your attention about my region, the Western Balkans. Serbia is spending more than 3% of its GDP to buy weapons and military equipment from Russia, while there is no security threat in Serbia. Dodik and Putin are on the same page, working for secession of Republika Srpska from Bosnia-Herzegovina and creating Republika Srpska army. Russia is very present with intelligence, with media, with military in the Balkans. During a pity dispute with Kosovo last September, Serbia did fly warplanes close to the border and deployed armed vehicles with open Russian support. Political instability in Montenegro is fueled by Russia. Could the Balkans, with its dormant ethnic conflicts, religion differences, historical issues, be used by Russia as another potential conflict area? For one thing, I'm certain that he is going to use his surrogates, and my answer is yes. And for this, we better act now to stop it from happening than later. Back to the point of this panel. You didn't leave me too much room. How I have to speak about China. First, I want to make known that it's an interparliamentary network working together from United States, Australia, Europe, and other parts of the world 
concerning about China's policies extending geopolitical influence is more bipartisan, which shows that both sides are concerned now about what's going on around the globe. The EU and the US should reduce dependence on China for many critical products. Second, we should take China more seriously as security risk and scrutinize export and technology transfers. Europe risks new forms of dependency that the Chinese leadership wants to create. Thereby, Europeans should not give room to Chinese for short-term economy gains. The EU cannot be equidistant between Washington and authoritarian Beijing. Its values are bound to be closer to those of the United States. Third, China's military power is beginning to match its economic power. Aggressive, especially in South China's Sea for now, Taiwan or border with India. The US and European states should find ways to slow down China's defense and security modernization. For the concept of security and defense of NATO should consider not only threats in short term from Russia, but must develop complementary security strategies to address challenges presented by China. The debate about the European defense, and I was happy that it was touched this point early in the morning, and European security, should rise the EU as a defense sector, but as part of NATO. Other policies are not going to serve to security Europe and what's going on, especially right now. NATO summit should identify steps to strengthen east and southeast flank combined with crucial investment from EU, UK, and United States. Six, defend budget 2% of GDP. Is it or not enough? It's not a must, but must be a necessity for all NATO countries. German decision to spend 100 billion is not just the right step to increase defense spendings, but also at the same time is a possibility to strengthen military cooperation with the United States. Eighth, Belt and Road Initiative, which is one of the main foreign policy, economic policies of China, will and has increased China's soft power and has extended economic and geopolitical influence toward EU and Africa. Thesis Initiative, in my belief, Implementation can tackle some of the issues that China and Russia are bringing in Europe. Nine, 5G security and risks in EU, particularly those technologies produced in China. Next generation wireless technologies promise a revolution in the economy and military operation. NATO must help all the NATO countries and lead the integration of 5G into the force structure and operation of the alliance and among the allied armed forces. Tenth, Initiative 17 plus 1 has given China the possibility to penetrate in Central and Southeast Europe. Europeans are growing wearier of previously welcomed Chinese investment. 
Lithuania is the example of Chinese malignant behavior. 11. Energy security and EU dependence on Russia should face unified response from EU and US. US should guarantee energy independence and become the main energy exporter to EU. I'm proud that as part of the government of Albania, we worked on the decision and building of Transatlantic Pipeline, which is a European section or southern gas corridor getting gas from Azerbaijan. We signed an agreement with ExxonMobil and SNOM with Albanian government as a great step in the right direction. LNG from the U.S. would bring more reliability and diversity to the Albanian power supply portfolio in the Balkans. Twelfth, Berlin process should be revitalized with practical steps to have more economy and EU presence in the Balkans. I mentioned Three Seas Initiative. Why I think this is important? In the context of great power competition, economic uncertainties, Russia military intervention threats, energy pressure, trade embargoes, China malignant investment, global economic volatility, slow growth of economy in Europe. Some key points about this Three Seas Initiative. First, this initiative is a collaboration launched and led by the democracies of Central and Eastern Europe as an act of self-initiative and self-confidence, leveraging the potentials of the region to create business opportunities and geoeconomic value for itself and the wider transatlantic community. Second, the Three Seas Initiative addressed the cross-border infrastructure deficit that still exists three decades after the fall of Berlin Wall. It is known that traveling by rail or road, north to south, in Central and Eastern Europe, it's, it still takes two to four times longer than traveling the same distance and direction in Western Europe. This infrastructure situation impairs economic growth, sustain an unhelpful regional dependence on a single source of oil and gas, especially from Russia. Three Seas Initiative will exercise the power of infrastructure to accelerate economic growth, enhance prosperity, and strengthen economic resilience, not just for the Three Seas countries. That what makes the Three Seas Initiative so timely and needed. Third, the establishment of Three Seas Initiative Investment Fund presents also an innovative public-private partnership designed to leverage the power of the market to catalyze regional infrastructure development. Three Seas Initiative have invested, the countries of Three Seas have invested their own finances into commercially managed fund. The fund will attract also other foreign diver, uh, direct investments. Fourth, and I see that as a very positive sign, while this is a Central European launch-led initiative, USA, with cross-party consensus, is committed to support this undertaking. President Obama, Trump, and now President Biden are supporting this initiative. Hopefully, this U.S. commitment will soon be complemented by Germany, U.K., and other key members of the Western community. Fifth, the Three Seas Initiative can be for sure a success. Based on statistics about the region, it makes this absolutely clear. The Three Seas member states 
feature a combined population of 110 million people and a GDP of 2.1 trillion euros. GDP growth rate is 3.3% over the five years, a rate projected to be sustained to 2030. They bring to the table the EU highest rates of return of foreign direct investments. The cross-border infrastructure deficit addressed by three Cs is estimated greater than 500 billion euros. This means when you take into account the region population and economic growth rate, every visible project will be a success. In my belief, infrastructure is a foundation stone, important as its NATO and EU membership for EU countries. Three Cs initiative is very relevant to my region, to the Balkans. Slovenia, Croatia, and Bulgaria are part of three Cs, and so other uh, countries should find a way to be involved and participate in this initiative as soon as possible. Thank you.